What's up, family? If it's your first time checking out the show, let me know what city, what state you're coming in from. If you're outside of the U.S., let me know what country you're representing. Family, I need you to smash up the likes, smash up the likes, smash up the likes. Also, if you have not done so already, there's a little bell next to your subscribe button on YouTube. I want you to go ahead and click that thing right now so you can get your notifications each time I drop a new video like this. That way you'll be in the loop. In the studio, Keith Murray. I'm talking about Keith Murray. I mean, this is Keith Murray, fam. This dude right here is one of the greatest lyricists of all time. And I got to jump right into this question that I just, just burning. No, wait, wait, wait. I got wait, a whoa, burning whoa, whoa, question. Excuse, excuse me, excuse me, sir. Talk to me. Wait, whoa, whoa. No, you don't understand. I got goosebumps right now. Uh, if not the, one of the biggest, look, still my idol, yo. Willie D? This guy. Is what I stand for. I appreciate that. What? Man. The lyricism? The take no shit? Knock a nigga head off his shoulders? Stand up all around, good guy, man? Willie D? Willie! <laughs> hey, Willie D! Willie D! You know, oh, you, know, you know I used that on the first uh, album, right? You gotta excuse me. No, you know I used that on the first no, album. I, yeah, and I yeah. asked you why you didn't use it, yeah. but then you did. Yeah. Yo, you gotta excuse me, yo. Yeah. You gotta excuse me. I don't know how to act. What camera we in? That one? Man, this camera's all around us. Oh, so. we rig, rig, rig? Yeah. And I watched the show. Yeah, yeah. You and Mr. Face. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me for cutting you off. I don't know how much time we got. 529, that's my birthday. Ooh, play that number. 529. Uh. I'm all over the place with it, but <laughs> no, you don't understand. I'm ecstatic right now. I had the tapes, all the tapes, know everything by heart. I'm a fan of the music first. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, King. Likewise. And yeah. that's why I want that's why I want to ask you about the lyricism. You know, where does Keith Murray fit in in today's society? 2023, hip hop society, when it comes to lyricism. Being that lyricism is not all that major of a deal for many people today. Mm. What do you fit? What does somebody like you fit in? Well, I'm different. I don't fit in. I set uh, myself stand apart. Out. Okay. For these rappers who ain't got no respect for the art. Mm. Yeah. The most beautifulest thing in the world. Bro, like, like you have to excuse people for talking about that song all the time. There's other songs you have that are good, very good songs, too. But you know, just coming up with that title, how did you even do that? Well, it was a line I said on Eric Sermon's song, Hostile. Hostile. Yeah. The most beautifulest thing in this world is my notion for murderous poetry and motion. And the idiotic shit I come across for right. releasing trap air with explosive force. So, E. Eric Sermon, the genius that he is, he put me in the studio one day and he said, Murray, just take this part. The most beautifulest thing in this world is just like that. I get in you. But as fluent as I say it now, I was behind the microphone for a long time, probably like 45 minutes to an hour, like, E, I can't say it. It was like an argument, just to say those words bunched together. So he made me say it, the most beautifulest thing in this world, stop. It's just like that, stop. I get in it, then he pieced them together. But now I can say them together for saying it so long, but I could not say that. I wanted to know what came first, the, the chicken or the egg, because when I heard you say that on Hostel, I was like, you know, I was wondering, did was this just the lyrics in the song and it was, you know, it came out dope and then y'all heard it, y'all listened to it back and said, yo, this could be an album, this could be a song. I didn't know if, or, or I didn't know if that was a plant for something that you already had going See, on. That was Eric the Genius. Because I said it in a rhyme, but I didn't say that. I said it in the other way. I just told you I said it. Right. But then he chopped it up. And then he made it the single. Then he made it the album title. But that version wasn't the original version. It was another version. Right. Then he made it the remix, but the remix came out first. 
the genius that he is. Right. Word. Man, take us back to Central Islip, man. Like, take us back. What was that like growing up in a town of, what was it, around 30,000 people or something? Yeah, something like that. Well, actually, I'm from Nassau County, Roosevelt, Long Island. Okay. I was born in Meadowbrook Hospital. They call it Murderbrook. So Roosevelt is Nassau. Then my parents moved me to Central Islip with my grandmother, Miss Clara Buddha Hall and Leroy Hall. And my father, Keith Omar Murray Sr., is from Charleston, South Carolina. And my mother and grandmothers are. We from down south, but they moved to Roosevelt where they met each other and got married. And then they had me and my sister Demetria. She's two years older than me, D. Ski. And they moved to Roosevelt. And then they lived in a house and then they... I don't remember when they got a divorce or something, but my mother kept the last name, and I would go back from Central Islip to Roosevelt, where my Uncle T-Roy, the original B-Boy, was listening to hip-hop, and I used to mimic everything he did. And then I would listen to the radio, Mr. Magic and... Um, Red Alert. Red Alert. Yeah. And... Fly Tyne and Juice Crew and Molly Maul mm -hmm. and MC Shannon, LL Cool J, and then WA, and then the Ghetto Boys. And then I just start listening to when my grandmother would go to work at the Patterson home, she was a nurse. I would listen to her radio in the room. Stop. You got to cut that off. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let me know when you're ready, Mario. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you was listening to your grandmother's radio. radio. My Uncle T. Roy, he had the tape, the message, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. I would listen to that. And then I would just, he was the B-boy. Everything he did was the dress with the, Kangos and the BBDs and the Adidas and the Pumas and the Lees, and then they would make the tank tops out of the uh, the the DVDs, cut them and stuff, wear the do rags. And him and Richard, they he, he would always rap to this day. Uncle T Roy rap, rap, rap. And my sister D Ski was the B girl, so I asked Uncle T Roy, "Yo, how y'all do that?" Then he said one day to me, he said, "Yo." Grab a pen and write this down. Read it back to yourself and see how it sounds. It might sound like I'm just an MC, but I'm not. I'm a prince of poetry. See, I don't sit down and write rhymes every day, but people want to sound like me anyway. He told me to write that rhyme down. So I wrote it, and he told me to memorize it. And he said, when you memorize it, come back to me. So I memorized it. And then from there... I went to a place called Freeport Mall, and I bought Dougie Fresh Slick Rick, Dougie Fresh Slick Rick in the show, and Run DMC Tougher Than Leather, and I had those two cassettes. Well, I had the vinyl. And I used to go to my boy uh, Hugo House, and I used to play him on his radio, on his father's radio cassette player. And then I was just hip hop, like I was just knew every song. Listen to every record, Mr. Magic and Red Alert. Did you battle? Well, yeah. I My uncle born Trues from Crown Heights, Brooklyn, East New York, and my brother Pooch from Bainbridge. So born True, I was with my cousin Driss, God bless the dead. Born True used to bodyguard for Big Daddy Kane. So we I used to take the train from Central Ice of Long Island to Brooklyn with Driss, and we used to be in the projects. And Uncle Bourne used to take me all around every project at 16 battling. But before then, my Uncle T-Roy, the original B-Boy, like I, I, I mimicked everything he, he did to this day. So he used to wake me up out of my sleep. Yo, Keith, battle him, battle him, battle him. So I was battling him, then Uncle Bourne used to take me around. And I was battling, 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 battling. 
And then it just became something because I used to rhyme when other people in my hood, it, was, it wasn't popular to do. Mm -hmm. So I just picked it up from there. My MC name is Do Damage. I know. <laughs> MC Do Damage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But before I know. <laughs> that, it was Keithy Keith. Yeah. Now, now, what made you want to switch up? What made you want to change from, go from uh, MC Do Damage to your, your government name? Well, I played sports in high school a lot. And, you know, Murray, Murray, the name will ring basketball, mm -hmm. soccer, track. And, like, the rap names never stuck with me. It was just Murray or Ma or Keith Murray. Mm -hmm. Or I was in the streets selling drugs. It was just, I was, I'm in a gang called a group of men, young men that gave themselves a name called LOD, Legion of yeah, Doom. Yeah, Legion of Doom, yeah. So the cops, and the, gave us and called us a gang. And 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 when did y'all evolve into a group? You know, with with, with you and and Fifty Grand and 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 and, and uh, Kill Vicious. Oh, and, and, oh and, that's and, crazy. And Ron really Jay. The history. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, so I'm I'm from Central Island, Long Island, where K Solo yeah. was from. Yeah. So when I was on the Carlton Avenue selling hand-to-hand -hand drugs and stuff. We used to just be running up the cars and going uptown, reing up. K-Solo used to come to the block. Yeah. He was with EPMD. He was with Parrish in the EPMD. So I asked him one day, yo, could you take me to Eric's house? So I was driving to Montero with Urban Gorilla. I called it with Urban Gorilla. had the tire on the back. So I went to Lowell Avenue, and I, I saw him. He was talking to a girl, I drove by, so I made a U-turn, and I went to him. So he took me to Eric Sermon's house, and I knocked on the door, waited, knocked on the door, waited, knocked on the door, waited, knocked on the door, waited. And then all of a sudden, I seen a dude coming up the steps, a dark figure. Then I seen his face, then I seen his eyes, I was like, oh, shit, that's evil. But mind you, when I was young in Roosevelt, I heard the Mr. Magic and Molly Moore playing the records and Red Alert. Mm -hmm. And then I heard, then I'm on track, like a Long Island Trinket Doctor. I'm getting goosebumps. I was like, oh, shit. Yo, this shit was blowing my mind. Then I was like, yo, and then my friend Wink, I'm best friends with Wink. He was friends with Eric, he was cousins with Eric. And then E used to come up to the high school in a Suzuki. Then we used to be in the back cutting, playing basketball. Mr. Billy used to come. E used to be sitting there. I was like, yo. So I just started being around, going to watching the shows at the VFW with Midnight Express and KB and them. And then we used to be under the light, me and my boy Drew. And he's like, yo, Redman got on with EPMD. And I used to have all these rhymes and stuff. And then one day, I just asked Solo. So I went in the room with E, right? He was playing beats, and I was just spitting rhymes. And he was like, yeah, I like that, I like that, come back. So I used to go back, go, I was in, at that time going to college, um, New York Tech. Was this like 92, 93? It was like, it was like 90. It was like, it was like, I was in high school, I just got out of high school, so it was like that summer. And it was, it was like 90, but then I had called an assault charge, and I had to go do six months, five years probation, mm -hmm. and I was talking to E on the phone in jail. Then I got out, and I would see Redman and Dos Effects in them go to E House, and then I would follow the tour bus, like when they was local, like Connecticut, when me and Tone Capone, Eric Cousin, follow the bus. I used to be with Tone Capone all around time, rhyming too, following E. And then that day I just got with Egan's and I used to go back and forth. And then he was like, yo, Murray, yeah, you're getting, you're getting somewhere. And then I cut it. And he was like, don't come back if you don't have no rhymes. Because then I started saying all the rhymes that he was familiar with. I was running out of rhymes. So I went and was making new rhymes. He's like, don't come back to you, man. Then I came back, yo, y'all mythological niggas is comical. The action of, you know what I'm saying? Start going crazy with it. <laughs> and then it just started happening. But I was with E two years before I ever touched the microphone. Yeah. Okay. He would go, I would see him, he would go on tour. He'd be like, 
Then Hostile came. And he was like, yo, I'm going to start bringing you out. Yeah. That was beautiful, man. When, and, and it did look like when, when you came out, when he brought you out, you could tell you was going to be trouble when you was sitting in that window like this. <laughs> and the video <laughs> on Hostile. I always say hostile, which you say you pronounce it hostile. But yeah. I, but you yeah, in the it's window on the video, like yeah, tomato, tomato. Yeah, in the video, <laughs> you like standing, uh, sitting in the window, looking out the window. You remember, you know what mm -hmm. you're talking about, right? Oh yeah, just that hit. Yeah, I knew. I was like, oh, he he finna he finna rip. He about to rip. You ripped it, man. You ripped it, boy. You say first time I ever that heard somebody use the word single on Eric's uh, uh, no pressure. Yeah. That's the first time I heard somebody use, a rapper use the word, well, anybody used the word cerebellum in a song. Like, cerebellum, you got a crew, you better, you better tell them. <laughs> yeah, because I used to be in, like, I like, you know, I'm like a big buff for education, extensive library, and I'm like, like, scholastic yeah. in school, so I heard the education. So I would be in science class. My soccer coach, which was my basketball coach, Mr. Watkins, and then Mr. Mott was my English teacher. So I would be in class reading the books, but actually these words, scientific words would come out at me. So while instead of doing, in class, doing work, I would have like, one time me and um my boy Apple stole a gun from Warren. So I had the two five, I was breaking the gun down, but I was also writing rhymes. In the back of the class, I had the book up so the teacher wouldn't see it. So uh, the words were just coming at me, just like four or five-syllable words. So I knew in hip-hop around that time, you had to be original. You had to have your own style. You couldn't sound like nobody, and you had to have a niche. So I would emulate LL Cool J, MC Shan, and the Ghetto Boys, and NWA, EPMD. So... Then you went back to the name. I was like, well, I just went with my name. I'm Keith Omar Murray Jr. My father is Keith Omar Murray Sr. Bubba. I'm baby Bubba. Hubba Bubba, if you're nasty. He used to always say that. So, mm -hmm. And my uncle and my grandma, my uncle Marvelous, Marvin and my grandmother Dolly Mae called me Keysmo. So the Keith Murray, Keith Murray, it just stuck. So I may change my name to Keysmo now, but the Keith Murray, Keith Murray, baby bubba, Keysmo. I'm glad you went with Keith Murray. I wish I would have went with Willie Dennis instead of just Willie D because, you know, it, it, pre it presents issues from time to time when you're, dealing, when you're trying to do real business, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, it's cool you know, in hip-hop and you know, on stage or whatever, but when you, you know, the stage is uh, just a fraction of your life. Right. And so when you're trying to do other things, even when you get your, your plaque, man, you got it, Willie, Willie D, Dennis, yeah, like, yeah, yeah all that kind of stuff, man. Yeah, but man. You, you did do Willie D. You kept the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then Eric Sermon yeah. had Eric Sermon, Paris Smith, and Slick Rick, Ricky Walters, James Tar Smith. So it wasn't hard for me not to use my original name because the the sober cats or the nicknames didn't stick with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's dope. It's very, that's super, super dope. And then you got to be careful for what you name yourself because if you name yourself that, it could be negative or positive and it will take that form. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens like that, especially if you name yourself uh, 50 Shots. Uh, I killed nine people. Yeah, my uh, boy Toothpaste. <laughs> name yourself Toothpaste. He shot it's himself like, in the face and committed suicide. yeah. That's when my man shot him, God bless his dad, his sister, he used to go with his sister, Toothpaste, shot himself in the garage because the FBI came and got him because they were selling a lot of, we were selling a lot of drugs, but at that time, I wasn't. I got out of the game, and he was still selling kilos and stuff, and then he had a girl who was a mule, and they hid her, and then the FBI found her, and then came and got him, and he killed himself in the garage on his birthday, Toothpaste. Mm. Hmm. God bless the dead. Wow. Man, how much of you is Keith Murray and how much is still <laughs> MC Do Damage? <laughs> Yo, that is a great question because now, actually, my manager, Rick Aaron, shout out to him. He's 27 years in the game. 
and he used to be the A and R for Capital, but he works for Hustle now. But he's manager with Keith Murray and Hazel E, who's on Love and Hip Hop. He's telling me that yo Murray, you're blackballed. The the guys, the people at the agencies, I forgot the name. I don't think I should say it anyway. The the they will not sign me. All these artists is doing mainstay shows, and they were like, "Well, like I'm practicing sobriety now, so no, no drinking for me, especially no drinking, no nothing of that, performing because he's telling me, yo, these agencies think you a liability. When I'm an asset, I got four daughters. I want to feed my family." By the grace of God, people like you, people like, Dame, I'm doing a show tonight in Texas. The promoters still call Keith Memory, but the agencies think that I'm going to leave my house, go get drunk, and not do a show. I live for the show. Like, I'm the type of guy who watches all the artist shows, even if I'm on the bill. Even if I'm not on the bill, I go to the show. I watch the shows. I know this artist... Do this show, leave, don't watch the sets. I'm a tit-for-tat guy. And I just graduated engineering school. So now I'm a recording engineer. Oh, wow. I rig the band. Mm. I, I make the music for the uh, the video games and this live staging sounds. This is what I do for a living. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Paid $11,000 out of my account. And the day I went to graduate, Mr. Bernard passed away. So now I got to go through an agency to get my certificate but I'm going to get it soon, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I mean, I'm here to do... It's about the artists and the fans. I'm not here to be a liability and cause a disturbance. When I was young, I did childish things. I grew up 20 years old. I was came out the most beautiful thing in the world. I grew up in public. I didn't know no better, you know what I'm saying? I'm not out to have sit the rest of my life in a cell the size of a bathroom or somebody suing me and my children not going to college for my intellectual property, making monetary gain for which the God give me gift I have here to do, which is people, like, I was locked up. A lady told me, yo, I was going to commit suicide. I didn't do it because of your song. And people know the lyrics. And it's, I'm getting chills right now. You know what I'm saying? It changes my life. And, like, Ghetto Boys changed Keith Murray's life. Mind wow. playing tricks on me. And the records. You know what I'm saying? So I live vicariously through the music. Mm. Mm. Do you think that those, those recent comments you made are going to, like, be a, like a, you know, a hindrance to you? Like, as far as those people that may think that you are a liability? What comments? <laughs> the the comments, the comments about uh, Foxy, Nori, you know, all these people you was talking about. What I say about Nori? I don't know, man. You know, I just said, Willie D, I, keep it I on the stove. Tell me, baby. Been here, I've been hearing. What things, I say? You know? Well, let me let me put let me put it like this. So, um, I know about so, Foxy. I so, know about, but I don't know. I don't okay. Know. So maybe it's, maybe it's nothing there. Uh, but, okay. I think I kind of so, know what I said about Nori, but I want to say you said. Yeah, it. well, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, you know what you said, you know. Okay, but, so, okay, I'm going to answer your question, but I want to let you finish your statement. Okay, so, 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 Saigon. Shouts out to Saigon. Saigon. Who? Saigon. Who's that? Saigon. Oh, the rapper. Yeah. I never met that man a day in my life. Really? I do not know that so, man. So that's a lot. Word that tweet to was a, lot. a law. I don't know that man. Wow. I don't know what is the issue with that dude. I so, know so, Just Blaze. He did records on my he, on my albums. Yeah. And I know Just Blaze is a great guy. He's a good producer. But but Just Blaze, too, he's a businessman. When I hired Damn. Just Blaze, he used his equipment and charged me for it. Just Blaze, you owe me some music. And Track Masters, I did pay them some good money. They did a record. I wouldn't know what they doing. I like doing nothing, but we didn't finish. I work Track Masters. But I do not know. I don't, I don't, I haven't, I don't know him personally. Yeah, just, just so the audience. Like, I'm friends just, with all yeah. the rappers. I'm colleagues with them. I don't know that man. Just so the audience can have the benefit of knowing what's going on. Saigon. Wait, put a tweet no, out. wait, let's not do it. I don't know him. 
We can't give him that light. Well, this is an interview. Why give that man that light? I don't know that man, Willie D. With all due respect, let's not give him the shine. Now, Foxy Brown. Okay. Let's talk about Foxy Brown. Fair enough. Fair enough. I was going. Okay. I was dealing with okay. Foxy Brown at one point. Okay. And everything I said about Foxy Brown was true. Have I offended her? I apologize for bringing out my truth. I'm not apologizing for my truth, but it's the truth. What what happened between me and her happened. And Shauna said she don't know Keith Murray. That's a lie. Absolutely, ludicrous. Shauna know me well. She was in the car with me all the time. Ask Rob Love. I know her. Like the back of my hand. She got nice ankles and nice feet and the pussy. I ate the pussy. Yes. <laughs> and Foxy Brown, she gave me whip. She's a whip wop queen. Yes. <laughs> wow. But the other rapper dude, I don't know him. And I seen him online like, yo, I'll just uh, go to jail for the rest of my life. No, 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 no. I'm a grown man. I got kids and I can FBI's watching and you break the law, the law break you. The law's not bad, but no. I'm doing this for artistry. I'm not, I'm 50 years old now. What I look like out here going crazy with these people who I don't know. When, when, Anything I say in my mouth, I say your name, I know you. Females, yes, I know. I, yeah, I ate the pussy. When you said what you said about the ladies, right, did you at any point say to yourself, ah, maybe I shouldn't have said that? No, it's my truth. And any kids that's well, what happened? What, what happened to Never Kiss and Tell? I don't know about not kiss and tell. Oh, okay. All I know is about what happened, and I say it. Those was girls that I dealt with. You know what I'm saying? So what if they had said something like that about you? You would have been cool with that? Like if they would have said what you said before you could put it out there yourself? It's true, yes. You would have been cool with that? Yes, the life and times of... The love sagas of <laughs> Keith Murray. I am the most eligible bachelor in the world. Mr. Moray, as they say abroad. And I don't spend no chips on no money-hungry, stinking-ass broads. I'm the most interesting man in the world. When I walk by oceans, the bubbles just occur. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the most interesting Negro in the world, really, D. Besides you. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, man, you know, I know when you hit that stage, man, you're a beast. Electrify. I love I'm a Seven Davis who, Jr. rap, but I'm the German the rap. Bop, crap, crap, crap. I, I, like I, I really I really do appreciate real like real performance. You coming to like, the show tonight? Yeah, absolutely. Correct. You performing? Oh, nah, nah, you performing. Nah, nah, pull up the brackets. Come on, Dave. Boy, they better pull out that hey. How much you need? I, I, how much you need? <laughs> How much you need? We need Willie D on the set tonight. Steve, tonight, Willie D and Keith Murray live at 5015. And look out for the new album, The Most Ugliest Thing in This World, produced by Eric Sermon. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. It's done. Yeah, that's now dope. Rick Aaron is just going to roll out. And I got yeah. a new album with Molly Maul called The Mood. Got to roll that out properly. And I'm doing, a, got a new album done called Body on the Block with a guy from overseas named Bass. It's, uh, it's coming out vinyl only, then I'm releasing that on all platforms. Look out for the podcast, the most beautifulest podcast in this oh, world. Yeah. Oh, with yeah. Hazel E from oh, Love yeah. and Hip Hop. And the reality show. The most eligible, beautiful, huh. bachelor oh, in this it, world. You about to kill it. The Murray of Love. Yeah, you about to kill it. Because yeah. I was going to ask you, man. And the book, I, I the documentary, and yeah. the movie. Oh, that's beautiful. I was, was going to ask and you And this is breaking them. news. Why I didn't go on Nori? Okay. No, I told nobody this. So, I'm at Rock the Bells. It may be out, but I didn't say it exclusively, like, Excuse me, say it, don't spread it, Murray. Got that. Juicy Brook. That's how the pussy was. The coffin, man. Murray, the lovers, man. Yes. <laughs> so, I'm at Rock the Bells. Mind you, I'm waiting online to get my credentials. 
I waited for like two hours to go see LL in the group. I wasn't going to go perform. I saw LL. He said, I'll be right back. But I had a show that night, so I'm watching the show on the side. Tit for tat. Tit for tat. Security like, yo, I got to get you out of here. I'm like, yo, I'm just watching the show. Shout out to the security guy who let me in. So Nori man comes like, yo, he's not with us. I'm like, dude, I can just bust and grab you, don't you and figure lock and earth slam you. Are you crazy? So I'm coming out the urinal relieving myself. Nori, he come out. I said, I call Rob. Yo, I said, yo. Yo, Nori's about time, because mind you, they say Keith Murray's name on the show all the time. Shout out to Redman, that's my dude. We doing a new song, too, mm. called, um, it's called, um, <clears throat> Brain Fart. It's coming out. I ain't gonna say it, because I don't wanna jinx it, but he, we writing it. And shout out to Meth, that's my guy. So, Nori, I'm like, yo, it's time for the show. Don't you know this nigga look at me like, <sighs> It scurries off. I'm like, no way I played myself. What did you have a relationship with Nori? I know Nori from Death Jam. I know Nori when Nori was with Buster Rhymes and Conglomerate, Conglomerate. He was going with them. I said, Nori, where's Capone? He said, No, man. I said, go get Capone. I felt like I'm the reason why Nori went back and got Capone. I could be wrong, but ask Capone. Capone is my man. They was not rocking. Why would he shun me like that? It doesn't make any sense. I don't care about no $5 million or whatever money you make in a revolt. The money don't change you. The money don't make the man. The man makes the money. Then he on the stage, he brings out Tragedy Gaddafi. They rocking. He goes over there. The whole 35,000 people goes to him, Gaddafi, on the stage. I'm sitting there like, no, this could not be happening. That's crazy. They don't show how he could have been with his man like this. Yo, baby, you know what I'm saying? Nothing. Yo, money changes individuals. I'm like, yo. Do you, I mean, do you really think it was the money? Or, is it, or do you think there was a, a deeper problem? If he was regularly without drink champs, he would not be acting like that. I like EFN. That's my man. I'm like, he, I know him. He asked me to come to the show, but it was going to be man with every sermon. But the show would, didn't go on. I don't, I don't know why he would do that, but I called Rob Love. I said, yo, set it up. I was supposed to go do it MLK Day, but I ain't go. Hmm. I ain't know. I came to Willie D. Appreciate that, King. Appreciate it. I thought Mr. Scarface man, was going to be here. Man, man what, what's, what's your, what's your n- number one goal when you're on the stage performing? Wow. Um, I said that because you're very, very animated and good at what you do. Thank you. Well, I'm an athlete like you. So... I'm long-winded, and I've been doing it since forever, since 20 years old on stage. I grew up in public, but I've been doing sports. So I'm just to give an all-around good show, articulation, crowd participation, feel the music, heat it up, and get it rocking. But it depends on the show you're in. Now, obviously, if it's just a cordial show, the energy of the crowd I feed off of. If I'm in there suit and tied up or just casual, I'm not going to be jumping around, running around. So promoters, you can book me for your shows. I'll be casual. Or I can get wild and crazy like the rest of them. You know what I'm saying? But I, and whatever I'm at on the... I don't know about the rest. I don't know everybody. I don't know the rest of them is wild and crazy. You know, like, they, they, they ain't got it like that, bro. Broke Flex was like, yo... Murray, I don't know if that crowd ready for that. So I know how to tone it down is what I'm saying. You know I don't what I'm think saying? you should, though, ever. That's what makes you you, man. That's why we like you. People like you in general, though, bro. Like, And I remember, like, at one point, boy, you was the hottest ticket on the planet. Everybody wanted a Keep Murray feature. 
I couldn't afford one. That's why I didn't reach out. <laughs> I did it for free. What ghetto boys? Are you crazy? Man, ain't about no money. Well, you were, you, but you were hot, man. But I'm talking about you was on, you was like fish grease. I mean, you was doing like you did Jamie Foxx. I mean, LL twice on that. Well, more than twice. Mm -hmm. But I know you did that. I I shot you twice. Mm -hmm. You know, you did that. And and, on the album, I spearheaded the records. You you did you did Mary. Mm -hmm. Puffy Corey. Mary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with Mary. Man, you did. But it's so many artists. You know, of course you did. You know, you worked with Red Man and. You know, y'all had to group together, Def Squad. Shout, shout out to Def Squad, man. Yeah. Shout out, man. Y'all Definitely. did y'all thing with shout that Shout out to Eric and Redman all day. Absolutely, man. And and Without those e, dudes, he's, he's the master, man. they still the passionate about it, too. Mm-hmm. I saw Red not too long ago, and Red, man, is, is yeah. sharp. He's sharp as ever, man, and hungry. He still I had, really learned from Eric He still Eric has that hunger. I learned from Eric and Red. Yeah. The shows. Yeah. Yeah, they took you under their wings, huh? Yeah. Definitely. When when you got out on the road, and with those guys, these guys are veterans. They've been doing it. Then you, they bring you in. You know, you the new hot guy, youngster. You gonna step out there, the crowd go nuts. Now you get all of the trappings that come with that, that lifestyle. You know, you look like the man. And, you know, hot rapper. You know, you know what that mean. Hit songs, hit videos. You got money, you got influence, you got power, and you got the women. Were you like a were, were you like a kid in a candy store or more like a bull in a china store? A bull in a what? China store. <laughs> What's that mean? A bull. You know how if you put you put a bull and around a bunch of china, he's gonna tie it up. Oh. He's gonna just just break everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I grew up in public, and I was left to my own devices, and I learned from my mistakes. So, you know, as a kid, you did childish things. I'm a grown man. I don't do childish things anymore. And I, like, I used to travel in packs, I don't travel in packs no more. Everybody has grown up and panned out, and they don't like congregating or come to the shows as they are no more. So when you see me, I'm with my manager and myself, and my manager now, you know, being that, you know, the day and age it is, anybody can just come up to you and create a situation that may not be so desirable for you in the outcome. Mm -hmm he may have to have a buffer between me and people. So, you know, he may hire a, a security to shield me now because things could occur. And now I'm practicing a sobriety thing. People get emotional when alcohol is in them, and you can't control the outcome of things, and the DA will pick the case up. And with my history... It would be not in my favor as as if I would not have the track record I had with my arrest history. So I take all things into consideration now because it's for my brand and to feed my children. I've been there. I've done that. You know what I'm saying? It's just not living the life of rally this careless young man who has to learn as he grow along now. Everything I do is more calculated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a method to the madness, but when the beat is on, it's no host bars. What do you... But I got all types of styles, all types of songs. So now I gotta pick and choose what song go where, what audience for who, where, what, and how. Do you feel like? Let me say. Let me. I want to ask this question first. So, around let's say I'll say mid two thousands to late two thousands, we didn't see you for a while. What was going on? Mid two thousands. Mid two thousands to late two thousands. Oh, so you mean around the time when the Def Jam situation occurred? I'm not. I'm not sure what, what was going on with Def Jam at that time. 
I was on hiatus. Yeah. I was doing spot dates. Okay. And the industry was changing. I was coming from Koch Records off the He's Keith Murray. No, or Rapmophobia. And that song with Tyrese, Nobody Do It Better. Mm -hmm. So it sustained me to do spot dates. And I didn't have a manager. And I wasn't established as I should be. But the man, the myth, the legend was living on. So I was in doing shows in Europe and doing spot dates around the USA. Now that I'm with Rick Aaron, I happen to go viral now from the interviews I'm doing and I'm getting my footing right. So I have all these music and records that has to be rolled out properly to to continue my legacy. Now I have a record label called Ghetto Mogul, which I will be signing acts, producers, and I'm the engineer now. So now I'm sitting at the board and I'm rolling out my records first and I'm bringing out my artists and putting producers on and then I got the people who do books and movies and stuff. So then my manager knows how to connect the dots with that. So then you would see me moving up like 50 Cent is doing now and then doing what Nas is doing, signing himself to his own label but putting on successful artists. And then I'm doing like the movie thing now. I'm the unfamiliar, familiar face that would be in the movies like Common and most death and things of that nature because our job is to remember the lines and method man is a good friend of mine and brother and red man and method man say mary i know you're smart and you can be an actor you don't have to know the words verbatim but you do know have to know the scenario and know what's going on in the room to deliver your lines so that's where I'm at with it. Man, you would kill in, in film. I just know you would. You just, some, some people just got that. Some people just got that that natural vibe, you know. Yeah, that's you, a big aspiration of mine. Yeah, man. Yeah, you, you got that. But you know how you can, I, I, I know how you can get on with these big agencies. Yeah. Go do door deals. Do your own thing. Go do some door deals, do your own thing, bet on yourself. Right. And when they see you get money without them, they're going to want to come. They're right. going to come running. They're going to come scurrying, man, because they one thing that the big boys don't like is you get money without them. Mm. They're going to come to you. As soon as you start doing it, same thing what I did with my, with my podcast, Willie D. Live. You know, when I started, you know, I just started like with one – Subscriber just like everybody else on YouTube. I started with one subscriber. And next thing you know, I'm at 100,000, 200, 300, 400, 500, 600, 800,000 now. You know, but but the thing is, is that I had to I, I had to bet on myself first. Nobody just said, hey, why don't you live like that? We'll pay you this amount of money. No, I had to start one at a time and earn $1 at a time, right. you know. But I went and did it, and now I'm getting offers. They try, They offer me almost weekly I get some type of offer for millions of dollars. They mm. want to buy the podcast. And I'm like, nah, because it's bigger than the money for me. You know, it's really about having a voice for our people where we can control the narrative. Right. You know, it's very, black media is very, very important. And I don't, right. th I don't think some of our people really understand that we have a duty to control the narrative, to control our own narrative. We cannot rely on others to tell our stories truthfully right you know right, you know, right. Or, but you know we can't we can't rely on them to tell the stories accurately right we have to tell our own stories we have to be able to control our own images and so this is why this is why I keep the podcast going you know it's it's a lot of, that happens behind the scenes that you have to deal with but you know uh for me uh there's a I have an obligation Right, because you know why I was saying, I said the podcast and my message like, yeah, you could do it with Angelique, but I don't, I, I'm still struggling with that sitting there, looking in the camera, being there at a particular time, a different 
at the the same time all the time, and people really getting an image of me. I'm not used to that, but they saying that I could do it, but I'm like, I don't really see it in my cards. It's easy, bro, because it, what what you fear is structure. I would shout shout out to Dion Taylor with the new movie Fear, but what you fear is structure, and so um, you have. If you want to overcome that fear, you have to, and and if you if you want something in life, for whatever you want in life, your actions have to be consistent with the outcome that you want. So if you want to do this podcast thing, if you want to be successful in it, then you have to do what the people who are successful in it does, and that is be consistent. That's the number one thing in life, period, with anything that you want to do, any goal that you ever have is consistency. And so I, I remember when I started the podcast, I was looking at guys that was doing what I wanted to do. And I was like, damn, how are they doing it? Okay, oh man, they putting out two, three, four videos a day. Damn, that's, and I started thinking, like, man, that's 20 something damn videos a week. That's a thousand videos a month, a year. I can, man, that's a lot of work. But then I kept thinking to myself like, but that's what I really want to do. I want to do it. Well, if I really want to do it, then I have to be disciplined. Right. I have to discipline myself, and I have to overcome my fear of that structure, having that structure and that consistency. So I just, one day, and I've always, I always subscribe to the theory that the first step is the hardest. Get that first step out of the way, anything in life, then boom, you got it. Just like when first day of school, first day of school, you're scared, you're terrified, you don't know anybody, and then... Within a week or so, you know, you got a couple friends and you're showing people around. You know, you know your way around the place. So it's just right. like that. It's just like the first day of school, everything that you do, that you try new. It's always intimidating in the, in the beginning. But if you have the will and, you know, you have the willpower, and then, you know, I wake up every day with, with will, you know what I'm talking about? You know, so uh, I just take it from there, man. And I, you could do this, bro, and you would be very, very successful, and you should take advantage of it right now while people are paying attention to you. Mm -hmm. um, people are paying attention right now, and you should seize the moment. I don't care if the setup isn't beautiful. The setup doesn't have to be beautiful. People don't care that you have a, a pretty picture and everything's perfect. And I, they don't give a damn. They want the content. Right. It doesn't have to be beautiful. Just give them the content. You can come in and sit down in your shorts, man, and a T-shirt. They don't give a damn. They want to hear the content. They want to hear what you're saying. And you got so many friends in this industry, so many associates in this industry, so many people that cut for you. They like you. People want to see you win. Yeah. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. And, you know, maybe you don't feel that sometimes, but I'm telling you from somebody that's on the outside looking in, I'm aware people want to see you win. Right. People like you. I'm just not used to being committed to the content all the time because I critique myself too much, probably. And this podcast setting. Mm -hmm. But you know, you, you you talked about your kids. How old are your kids? 29, 18, 15, and 10. Yeah. So you have... You wake up with that obligation. You already said that you have an obligation to them. and You want to do things for them, you know, now. So it ain't really about you at this moment. You are a conduit, right? Right. It's not about you. I use this body every day to, to go get it for, for, for Kane and Blake. Those are my kids. I get up and go do it when I don't want to sometimes. Hop on that plane, go to L.A., go do what I got to do, and I come back, and I do that for them. It's my legacy. They are my legacy. I'm responsible for my legacy. And when they turn 18, the money don't stop. The support don't stop. You're not on your own. No, we're in this together forever. So that's my legacy. I'm not going to let my legacy just go to shits. Exactly. I, I, I feel too strongly about it. And I know a lot of parents who, who would just let that happen, but I'm not letting it happen. Word. And... It's, so it's within my power to to change the trajectory of, you know, my family fortunes. And I got it. 
You know what I'm saying? And I'm doing it, and I'm putting other things in place so that we can make sure that we maintain generational wealth long after they're gone. Right. Some people say, well, you know, as long as I'm good, my kid's good, we straight. No. I would feel very embarrassed if a few generations from now, people, my own bloodline, don't even know who the hell I am. Mm. They don't even know Willie D. And they have to, somebody have to, some stranger have to tell them who I am or something, you know? And I would feel very embarrassed if my bloodline, my direct bloodline is, you know, broke and back to where I started at in the ghetto in 1966. I would be very embarrassed. So I, so I got the power to do something about that. And so do you. You know, you have the power. You know, you have you have the talent. You have the you have the skill set, you have the resources. You know, it's people that it's, it's so many people out there that you know that 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 has the information if you don't have it that that will work with you because of who you are, you know, and because of what you have done for them. There's so many people that like that woman that you was talking about who said that she was thinking about killing herself but she listened to your music and she didn't do it. People are grateful for that music. And there are people that will help you who has those skill sets that will help you turn everything around and put everything on track. But you got to have that structure. Yeah. That structure has to be there. If you don't have that structure, then you're just basically uh, hoping and praying that things just work out. And that ain't how life works. It ain't gonna just magically work out. No. It's destruction. And you got you got you gonna need that. And if you don't have people, I know people, I got people. I turn you on some of my people, man. I mean, they he, starting with my starting with my 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 financial advisor, you know, Will Roundtree. He's out in Vegas. Helped me get my credit together, you know. That's simple thing, but boy, yeah. just getting that credit together, it'll it opens doors. It's like you got a hundred thousand dollars, and I got an eight hundred credit score. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I'm gonna leverage that eight hundred credit score a lot better than you gonna leverage that hundred thousand. Some people don't can't even understand. They be like, oh no, you crazy man. Hundred thousand man, that's cash man. Cash is king. Credit is king. Man. Credit is king. I never, and I always thought cash was king. I was like, man, I don't need no damn credit. I ain't worried about no credit. Yeah. Here I am, instead of instead of paying, you know, five uh, percent for uh, a car note, you know, five percent interest, I'm paying eighteen percent. Right. Big. That's money. Yeah. That's that's money in between those numbers. Yeah. You know, instead of paying, <laughs> you know, uh, instead of paying, you know. Uh, Eight percent, you know, for a home where well, you can get lower rates now, a lot lower rates now. But instead of paying eight percent, I'm way up here in twenty two percent. Yeah, crazy man. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't buy a, a burger in the airport with a cash no more. Right. Paperless, <laughs> everything paperless. Yeah, well, you that's can't what... check in a hotel without a credit card. Impossible. That's... That's where we are now, man. A lot, a lot of people don't don't realize, but we are in the digital age. We are yeah. at a we we are in a space where it's time that digital currency is going to be mass adopted right before your eyes. Yeah. It's happening Cash, right now. Obsolete papers going to be obsolete. Yeah, it's happening right now. But man, you got so you got so many ways to get it, bro. You got yeah. so many ways to get to, to get back out there and, and make it pop. Yeah. But I, I would. Start start with what you're doing right now. Start with yourself. They'll come. They'll come. Like man, what you what you did, I don't know if like I don't think that you. Well, I know for a fact that you don't get enough credit for what you did. You held it down for a few years, you know. As far as that new guy came in and gave hip hop that energy we need to keep going. Unconscious. You know, some more free fuel. You put fuel in the fire. You know, yeah. We need we need artists like that. Even today, we need those new artists who can bring something new to the table, bring some new energy into the table. Right now, I, I don't know Thank if we you. have. I appreciate that compliment. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if we have that right now, but I know we need that. We need those new artists who can come in and and bring an angle, because that's what you did. You brought an angle in. Right. You know, bring that angle. So you got Kendrick your, Lamar did it, right? Kendrick Lamar did it. 
J. Cole, J. Cole did, did it. it. Yeah. You know? J. Cole did it. Cardi B did it. Cardi B did it. Yeah. She did it. You know? Megan did yeah. it. Megan did it. Yeah. I know what you're the saying. Only girls That's did why it. I was giving it's it. It's an angle. But we're saying the same thing. Yeah. It's bringing, those, it's bringing that, that, that angle, you know? Migos did it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. Take Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Besides your uncle, who made you want to be successful? Like, who? Like, who is who's that person that was in Keith Murray's ear that was talking to you and you wanted to make them proud? Well, my uncle Marvelous, dude. He's like, yo, what you gonna do? The whole world's watching. Besides mm. Uncle T-Roy, Uncle Marvel Marvelous. Like, what you gonna do? Mm-hmm. The whole world is watching you, Gizmo. Don't let it go to waste. And then my grandfather, Mr. Hall, him and my grandmother, they was the two married. Like, my grandmother told me, like, she had kids and he had kids. He left his wife and got married. And those are the two people who I ever saw. Besides my, I didn't know my mother and father in the same household, but my mother kept his name and they kept us around each other. But those two, holy matrimony, like faithful two individuals. Until the day he passed away, I was doing three months and three years, pardon me, in Connecticut from when I went to trial. And they railroaded me for something I didn't do. But I went to trial for something I didn't beat it. So I went to trial in Connecticut thinking, you know, the system ain't going to fail me. And when they came back, the victim said, I didn't see Keith Murray around when I got hurt. When the judge came back, he pulled up the paperwork. And he looked at the paperwork, and it was backwards. And I read it before him, said guilty. The day Enigma dropped in, in Connecticut, Commonwealth. But long story short, Mr. Hall, my grandfather and grandmother, when I was in jail, that's why I got to that story, when he was dying. I was like, Poppy, I will always stick with grandma. He said, since you said that, I can die now. And to this day, I'm with my grandmother, Clara Buddha Hall, and my Uncle Clee there, but... That that stuck with me and my uncle to be like, yo, you can run the streets. And, you know, that ain't the thing. And stick with school, but hip-hop swiped me. And Eric King Sermon came along. But just to know that I'm making a difference. And you know what I'm saying? Like, people are dropping left and right around me. And I'm watching news people dropping left and right. And... You here for something, you know what I'm saying? Man up, mm. and get established, Murray. Get established, man. You know it's beautiful. You know the most beautifulest thing in the world is to hear you have that to accept that responsibility, to know that you are here for a reason. When you go through all of these things. And you, well, you should have been done. You know, it should have been done. Could have been. And could have been done, right. I, I guess say, I, I didn't even tell so you the I, stories yet about yeah. the death looking in the face. And my God bless the dead, Mr. Daniels, my daughter, Brittany, grandfather, just be like, Sam, man, you escaped death again? Like the shootouts and the the killings and the jail stints and the, the drug Oh, like battling the addiction and the he like damn you you face you passed up again. I'm looking at this man like, word taking life for granted like that. Crazy. Crazy. So you feel like you're all the way back now. Well, I know it's an ongoing battle, and I'm can't say all the way, but I know God ain't done with me. And I got my daughters looking at me and the people looking at me and Eric and Redman looking at me. So I got to, you know what I'm saying, not be careless with this life God has given us. We here on the wing in the prayer by the grace of God. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Willie D, baby. Absolutely. You don't, you don't understand, Willie. 
Yo, I got goosebumps, baby. Word. Again, man, we appreciate you for coming through, man. Thank you, sir. Ladies Thank gentlemen. you for having me because, yo, a lot of people be playing the kid. Willie D here. I went to... Tim Westwood wouldn't have me. I went to L.A. They wouldn't have me. I'm like, yo, Goomba, what's going on? You think I'm playing with this. I ain't playing with this. When it's time for you to go and you ain't got no more, how do you want to be remembered? What a strong legacy. Yeah. That's like, uh, what is that, Family Feud? Good answer, good answer. Real talk. Diversified the yeah. portfolio. Yeah. 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 Where are you living at these days? Long Island, New York. Oh, yeah, at home, huh? Yeah. 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 Been all around the world, but I'm strong on own. We'll leave a hole in your back the size of a quarter roll. Yeah. You're cold what, man? Cold, cold blood. <laughs> Willie D. I got goosebumps right now. Yo, you don't understand, Willie D. Y'all was practicing like what how I'm gonna act, what I'm gonna say when I come in the room. Willie D, what? Yeah, appreciate you. <sighs> man, I appreciate you coming through. Uh it's been wonderful. Me. And I'm definitely. Yo, Dame said the Willie D show. I said, yo, I watch it. No, you know, I go to sleep watching the show. I wake yeah. up watching this show. Yeah. For real. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Word. We 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 definitely gonna get back in, man, because I know we can go all day. I know we just sit down talking. I want to chop it up with you just off definitely. off this camera anyway. But definitely. yeah, it's you know so everything ain't made yeah. for public consumption, you know. Yeah. But I, you know, you that dude though, man, and yeah, I appreciate you, you. Very inspirational. Ladies and gentlemen, Keith Murray. No I was more just talk. Warming up, baby. Yeah. <laughs>